millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold, post-Calver Gold, your trusted feeding partner for your dairy herd this spring. On C103. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Barry O'Mahony. EU ministers have signed off on the cap reform. The government here welcomes political agreement, but farming organisations also have their say. The Oireachtas Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine resumed its discussions on farm plastics at this week's sessions. Agricultural colleges put the call out for anyone interested in taking on a course in the autumn. Irish Flower Week is coming up and we hear about the Flower Farmers of Ireland group. We have the latest on Makra activities in the region and John O'Connor has the stories making the agri-news this week. Farm Talk on C103. The following are the County Cork Farm Plastics Recycling Bring Centre dates for July. Canturk Mart, Saturday 3rd of July. Benny Desmond Kelly Brothers Quarry, Monday 5th of July. Charleville Showgrounds, Monday 26th of July. And Tuesday 27th of July. Dairy Gold Co-op, Lumberstown Mallow, Thursday 29th of July. Dunamore, O'Regan's Transport Yard, Coolmona, Saturday 31st of July. Farmers are kindly requested to please adhere to social distancing requirements in operation at Brink Centres. Opening hours 9 to 5... Unless otherwise stated, inquiries regarding charges, opening hours or other questions, phone the following number, 1890-300-444. That's 1890-300-444. Or online, www.farmplastics.ie, all lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. The Oireachtas Committee on Agriculture, Food and the Marine resumed its discussions on farm plastics at this week's sessions. Committee Chair Jackie Cahill TD opened by saying that for nearly 40 years, farmers, agri-services and groups have been leading the way in dealing with farm plastics in Ireland and are leaders in Europe when it comes to silage wrap and pit cover waste recycling. But there's still a lot to be done and there are always new challenges. Liam Maloney, General Manager of Irish Farm Film Producers Group, gave an update of where the industry is at this time. There was no doubt that the recycling market has been difficult over the last number of years because of the decision by the Chinese to stop importing plastic waste around three years ago. However, it has improved in the recent past um, and in the case of ourselves, we've carried over maybe 10 to 12,000 tonnes of waste from last year. Uh, We expect to collect in the region of 30 to 35,000 tonnes this year again at our brain centres and at the farmyard. And we will be quite confident that the vast majority of that will be recycled in advance of the 2022 season beginning. So it's a difficult situation, but as far as we're concerned, it's something that's been managed uh, correctly. 
um, and we are confident that we will be able to recycle all the material that we collect. Uh, we are hoping to collect in the region of 30 to 35,000 tonnes this year, and we're carrying over 10 to 12,000 tonnes from last year. So we would expect that the vast majority, if not all of that, will be uh, recycled before the Brink Centre programme for 2022 begins. Can, can you just share with the committee, I mean, you carry over, that is a very substantial amount, 10 to 12 tonnes you're carrying over. How, how are you storing that? Uh, and why are you carrying over to that extent of it? And what are the financial implications uh, on all aspects of the chain in relation to that carryover? And, and finally, who, 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 where's the inspector around all of this? Uh, can you just share, share that with us? Yeah, we're carrying over the material because the market has been so difficult uh, in recent years that we found it hard to get enough outlets to collect all the material that we've been uh, bringing in at our bring centres and collecting at the farmyard. But as I said, that situation is improving somewhat. Um, the material has been stored in our contractors' yards. We've currently four contractors, so the material is stored in their yards. Their yards are permitted by the relevant local authorities. Uh, with regards to ourselves, we are licensed by the Department of Environment. So every year we get a detailed operations report uh, into the Department of Environment as well as detailed um, accounts, audited accounts, and they check those to make sure they're happy with how we're performing. And in terms of the local authorities, what's their role? And you say that it's a department and then the local authorities have a role and that you get in a report. Uh, are they ever challenged? Are they ever, inspe are they ever inspected? Are they ever validated? Are they ever, ever audited? And what's your experience there? Well, the local authorities uh, issue the permits to waste facilities throughout the country. So their job is to routinely inspect uh, all waste facilities and to ask the waste facility owners to get annual reports in. So our contractors cooperate fully with local authorities in that regard. What, what's the outcome of some of these reports? That you, what's the feedback that you've been getting? Is, is there any shortcomings in your experience? Uh, has well, there been any criticism? Has there been any recommendations? Have you responded to those recommendations? And what actions have you taken? Well, the local authorities will deal with our contractors directly as opposed to ourselves, but the feedback we get is that the local authorities are very happy with the service that our contractors are providing, and they're also very happy uh, with the waste facilities that our contractors are operating. So you, you've had no negative, in, you've had no negative feedback in the last few years? Nothing substantial that I'm aware of. We're, we're managing our business very efficiently. The market is difficult, but um, we, our, our contractors are managing their facilities uh, very responsibly and local authorities are happy with them. Liam Maloney, General Manager of Irish Farm Film Producers Group, with questioning there from Senator Victor Boyhan at the Oireachtas Committee hearing on agriculture, food and the marine around discussions on farm plastics. 600 tonnes of marine waste has been collected by fishing boats since 2015. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellogue, has thanked the sector for their efforts as part of the Clean Oceans Initiative. He says most of the rubbish that's been returned to shore is plastic waste. New focus for the initiative is to drive to help Ireland's fisheries harbours with their waste management systems. The Minister says the seafood sector is a leading example of what can be achieved with collaboration. The Clean Oceans Initiative is led by Bordis Kigvara, Ireland's Seafood Development Agency, and supported by the European Maritime and Fisheries Fund. Next, we're discussing how farmers and foresters can help form a more detailed, evidence-based picture of Ireland's deer population as part of the Smart Deer Project, which is now underway. 
John O'Connor is with me. And John, although deer of all species in Ireland are considered to be important to the countryside and biodiversity, some of their activities still result in financial and environmental damage to forest and agriculture, as well as being a risk to road safety. That seems to be the picture we have of deer roaming around the Irish countryside. The Smart Deer Project will consolidate feedback from farmers, forest stakeholders and observers in general in the field on deer populations and their impact. In addition to the negative type of reports on deer habits, we could add gobbling up young sprouting trees, fraying, that's a damage caused by male deer when rubbing antlers on young trees, and bark stripping. Deer may have a significant negative impact on timber quality and yield, plantation owners and foresters will claim. It's a pretty long list. Can measures be taken to prevent access to vulnerable plantations and remove the opportunity for deer to cause this reported damage? Fencing off vulnerable sites and, as a last resort, culling, of course, are steps that can be taken, but the erection of extensive Deer-proof fencing of any type, restricted tree species selection and a lack of natural regeneration of trees all bring financial and other costs. Additional consequences of excessive deer populations could be damage to agricultural and horticultural crops. There can be damage to sites which are being managed for biodiversity or conservation habitats. There's been much negative feedback about the impact of deer on agriculture, even to the extent of unproven, but persistent fears about the transmission of livestock diseases. Smart Deer then will be an essential observation programme. So John, could you elaborate on Smart Deer and how it's operating at this stage? The Smart Deer project has been funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine since January 2020, and this funding will continue until December 2021. The Smart Deer project is coordinated by Dr Simone Kiyuti of UCD. Other members of the team are Professor Martin Newenhoos, Dr Barry McMahon, Dr Virginia Moretta-Pugol, Miss Sarah Keane, Mr Killian Murphy and Mr Charles Harper. The Smart Deer project aims to work towards an evidence-based project which has been designed for stakeholders to set the scene towards evidence-based, we emphasise evidence-based management of deer in Ireland. So a proper deer management programme, as you say, based on evidence that would have benefits beyond farming and the countryside. Yes, indeed. Anecdotally or otherwise, we hear of conflict between deer and traffic increasingly, where roads intersect important deer connectivity corridors. It can be extremely dangerous to linger on a roadway where a tiny fawn, for example, might be wandering. Its highly protective parent could rush from the adjoining field or woods. More than once I've encountered a stray fawn on the roadway and moved well clear of the scene without lingering to observe the animal, bearing in mind the potential danger from a protective parent, doe or stag. So how can listeners find out more about the Smart Deer Project? For Smart Deer Project inquiries, listeners may email the following simone.cuti at ucd.ie that's s-i-m-o-n-e dot c-i-u-t-i at ucd.ie all lowercase there is an extensive feature in the spring summer 2021 issue of the forestry and energy review published by dawn media in galway and their phone number is 091 777 that's 091 
777-222-7722. And the email is dlane at dawnmedia.ie, all lowercase, dlane at dawnmedia.ie. Incidentally, the Forestry and Energy Spring-Summer Review has photos of four Irish deer species for identification purposes. The red deer, fallow deer, sika deer and munchak are illustrated. The tiny roe deer also found in Ireland is not illustrated. Sika red deer hybrids also occur here. It's commonly accepted that the red deer is our oldest native Irish species. Farm Talk on C103. Welcome back. The deal struck on the common agricultural policy would affect different farmers in different ways, according to the Minister for Agriculture. Charlie McConnellogue admits there will be difficult and challenging discussions for farming organisations in the wake of the agreement. Minister McConnellogue says he'll look to ensure that there's a fair outcome for farmers here in rolling out the changes. He gave this assessment of the agreement reached at the talks on Monday and Tuesday when he spoke to the media, including Farm Talk, at a virtual conference on Wednesday. I think it's a good day for Irish farm families that they now have the certainty with regard to the next seven years and the common agricultural policy and in particular around farm incomes under the common agricultural policy as well. Today brings to an end over two years of negotiations and I think what we've achieved is a, is a good and a balanced uh, cap agreement and particularly considering the fact that there was 27 member states involved and three EU institutions between the Council of Ministers, the, the EU Commission and the EU Parliament while there's undoubtedly increased environmental ambition in this cap, which is important, and I think uh, consumers want to see that as well. What's also really important is that farmers are paid for the work that they carry out. And I'll be working with uh, farm families and stakeholders now in developing our national plan to ensure that those eco-schemes work for farmers as well as work for the environment. I think it's a good outcome, um, which first and foremost uh, delivers and uh, follows through in the 10.77 billion euro of funding uh, for farm families between now and the end of 2027. And also really importantly as well, provides key flexibilities, which I'd fought for over the last number of months to ensure that we can finalise this cap policy at national level in terms of developing our own national cap plan. IFA President Tim Cullinan had warned the combined effects of the provisional deal would devastate a cohort of farmers in Ireland, which would have the knock-on effect on the wider sector that will be very damaging for the rural economy. Mr Cullinan voiced the main areas of concern that he has around the cap deal. We're looking at a 25% of an eco-scheme and we still haven't got clear information of what a farmer will have to do to get their money back from that eco-scheme. So obviously, there's oh, a lot of concern around this. And uh, so I'm not saying here that farmers doesn't want to be part of helping on climate change. And farmers already are doing a lot and are willing to do a lot more into the future. But the problem we have with this cap reform is there's not enough of money to go around. If farmers are taking on those extra measures, then there needs to be proper funding around that and they need to get rewarded for doing this work. We want to go back and look at the, the programme for government where there was a clear commitment in that programme for government from the three parties now that's in government that there will be 1.5 billion ring fence for a proper environmental scheme. ICMSA President Pat McCormick warned the cap reform will make farmers carry the climate change can for consumers and corporations with reduced payments tied up with additional terms and conditions. He said the current deal has the potential to be a disaster for Irish farmers and the rural economy that rests on them. The Mochrin and National President John Keane outlined his disappointment of the lack of ambition at EU level to drive significant generational change in EU farming and said the focus would switch from Brussels to Dublin for young farmers 
The agreement provides an opportunity for Dublin to deliver on the level of ambition needed for young farmers that Brussels failed to deliver. Macra called for a commitment here to double efforts to encourage young farmers into farming with additional young farmers' supports through the Irish CAP strategic plan. Under the proposed CAP reform measures, farmers are being asked to do more for less. That's being contended by the ICSA president, Mr. Dermot Kelleher. Mr. Kelleher said the CAP deal reached in Brussels can't hide the fact that farmers are being asked to do more and more for even less and less. He said the key battles are on the level of convergence, for example, to even out the per hectare payments and redistribution to support smaller farm families simply reflect the fact that the budget is inadequate. The truth is the outcome will please nobody. Similarly, Mr Keller said, the grandiose vision for an EU Green Deal, of which the agri-food sector is expected to do a lot of the heavy lifting, is not matched by a suitably ambitious funding mechanism. Instead, he said, many farmers will become even less viable due to direct cuts and then will be expected to devote many more hours to public goods in the climate change and biodiversity spheres. Mr Keller said... This cap reform has been notable also by the extent to which the voice of farmers has been sidelined. The influence of Commissioner Timmermans has been excessively contended, and this has been noted by many, he said, but he has not come to the table with concrete proposals for extra funding to match the EU green ambition. Meanwhile, Mr Keller said, EU Agri-Commissioner Wojciechowski is mistaken in his belief that the proposals on redistribution will make any significant difference to small and medium-scale farmers. Farm Talk on C103. At a recent EU Fisheries Council meeting, the Minister of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, raised the issue of what he called the very large unilateral macro quota increases by Norway and Faroes in recent weeks and the ongoing impact of Brexit on the Irish fishing industry. The Minister called for action by the European Commission. Minister McConnellug pointed out at the Fisheries Council meeting that Ireland, as the European Union's largest mackerel shareholder, he was extremely concerned at what he called the highly regrettable decision by Norway, Iceland and the Faroes to set what he termed inflated and unjustified unilateral mackerel quotas, end of quote. Norway increased its share of the mackerel stock by 55% on a unilateral basis for 2021. This was then mirrored, Mr McConnell points out, by the Faroes and Iceland continuing to set an unacceptable high share of the mackerel stock. Minister McConnell said he made it clear to fellow EU ministers and the Commissioner that if these parties were unwilling to reverse their unilateral actions, then the European Union must take strong action using all possible measures, including trade sanctions, to protect the sustainability of the mackerel stock and to protect the European Union's share of that mackerel stock. On Brexit impacts, Mr Procarlo said he had made it clear at the EU Council meeting that what he called the disproportionate burden placed on Ireland in terms of fish quota loss under Brexit TCA must be addressed and he would be relentless in pursuing this issue on behalf of the Irish fishing industry at every opportunity. Minister McConnell promised that in the upcoming Common Fisheries Policy Review, he will be making renegotiation of Ireland's Brexit fisheries quota shares a top priority.
And in another fisheries issue, following a full hearing of the European Union Court of Appeal recently, the court decided to temporarily extend the policy directive excluding large vessels from trawling inshore waters within six miles of the coast, save for a restricted spat fishery measure. This decision, Minister McCullough pointed out, will last until at least 4th of October, that being the first day of the Court of Appeal's Michaelmas term, and or until a determination in relation to the stay is delivered by the European Court of Appeal. Minister McConnell said he was grateful the EU Court of Appeal had allowed the extension of this important policy directive. This directive would mean that vessels over 18 metres in length would remain prohibited from trawling inside Ireland's six-mile zone over the coming period, except for a restricted spat fishery measure, which would usually not occur during summer or early autumn. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. A €6 million Euro investment in aquaculture in West Cork will see the creation of eight new jobs. Moby Ireland, formerly Marine Harvest Ireland, applied for a licence in 2011 to expand operations at fish production sites on the western side of Bantry Bay. The new site for organic salmon will lead to the continuing development of stocking, harvesting, fallowing and rotation programmes in compliance with best practice to help secure the long-term future of aquaculture in the area. The development at Shot Head is likely to be complete in just 14 weeks in accordance with installation requirements. Moe has been operating successfully in Ireland for 41 years, employing 300 people. IFA Aquaculture welcomed the licensing decision, describing it as a pivotal moment in the sector. It's also welcomed the launch of the National Marine Planning Framework, which will provide for a sustainable development in the sector with a modern licensing and robust regulatory system. Joining us again is Shane McCarthy, Chagask Advisor. We're discussing the grass situation on farms right now. Yeah, look, I suppose it's been a, a tough spring, um, especially when calves have turned out there in May. There was a lot of rain and it was a tough old spring on, on calves now. Like, So I suppose it's very important now to monitor, I suppose, how they're getting on now throughout the next couple of months. It's important to, I suppose, meet the, the required weight gain. So like, Ideally, they should be doing around 0.8 kilos a day throughout the summer months in order to hit their hit their targets. And this can be achieved, I suppose, through good grassland management. Some people will continue to meal feed all the way through the summer, especially if calves are behind target or if, if or the, the late spring warm ones as well would they often be kept on meal. I suppose in terms of dose, then I suppose it's important to keep a close eye, look out for calves that are maybe a bit loose or coughing. This would indicate that they either had maybe summer form or, or, or long warm. Ideally, I suppose, a faecal egg sample should be taken as well. Like a lot of people who are taking these faecal egg samples or start taking them would say that maybe they probably were overdosing throughout, you know, previous years once they, once they were getting the, the, the results. I suppose it's important as well to to vary the dose as well as just to stop the build up of resistance so like for example if you give them a white drench for this round you move on to a yellow or clear for the, for the following round and also after grass is coming back in this time of year as well like so again maybe calves should be getting the priority and, and that after grass is it it would have a lower um, more warm burden just in terms of calves that are not performed then ideally they should be pulled out kept separate and given maybe an extra kilo of meal and also give a fibre source as well or if they're very loose they could need maybe an oral drench as well, like similar to, you know, if a calf that's scour indoors, they might need some rehydration as well, just to, to just to help them get back on track. But as I said, it has been a very hard year on, on, on calves. It's important to try and keep them going out throughout the, throughout the summer. Now, the first cut silage should be complete on all farms. What's the advice for farmers now going forward, preparing for that second cut ultimately? Yeah, well, I suppose... I, I suppose uh, 
cuts have been quite heavy this year. So it's important maybe to just do an assessment and see how much silage you actually have in, in the pits at this stage or have for through the year now at this stage. And if the cuts were very heavy and you don't have a huge demand, you might have actually enough silage. So it's, it's a case of doing the figures and assessing what you have on farm at the moment and also maybe a requirement for the for the winter. So this will be determined by the, the number and category of stock you have and also, I suppose, the length of winters in your in your particular farm if you do require to take a second cut i suppose the advice would be to spread 80 units of nitrogen 13 units of phosphorus around 80 units of, of potassium um just for, for your second cut and also 20 units of sulfur as well is also very important but again it's a case of doing doing the calculation and seeing where you are and like if you have plenty you know, you could cut back a bit on fertilizer if you need to. If you, if you do have more requirements, there's still plenty of time to chase it and, and, and build up reserves for the winter. You were saying the cuts were heavy, and would that indicate that the silage was good in that first round, Shane? Well, I suppose it was very tricky now this year with all the rain, and I suppose the cuts were cut later, without, you know, due to weather and stuff, and they were bulked up, but the quality might, might have suffered in some instances. You know, got quite stemmy. There was some cuts that weren't grazed at all this year, and then they got quite stemmy. They didn't like normally they'd be cut kind of they'd be able to be cut the middle of May, but they weren't able to cut them until it could have been nearly into June before they got them out. Like so, I suppose silage can be variable, so that's another issue. Like it could be, I suppose, when pits are settling all and later on the year, maybe to take an assessment and see what level of quality is in the pit, and you might have to alter your your feeding regime then to, to counteract maybe if the, if it's it is of lesser quality than what you'd already make. The weather has been quite variable. The month of May was a write-off, you could nearly say, before that. We'd had a good April and we have had a good June and we're into July. Beef farmers now, how are they managing with their grass at the moment? Yeah, as you said, it's been, it's been quite tricky this year. Um, it's been quite wet in May. It's been hard to clean off paddocks as well as you'd like. Also, in some instances, um, plants have got stressed. The grass has got quite wiry and stemmy. In some parts now, it's getting quite dry. They haven't got a whole lot of rain the last couple of weeks and, and growth levels are starting to, to drop off. Other places, they're still motoring on fairly well. They're actually, they're, they're, the supply is probably actually greater than demand even. So they're actually coming into surplus of grass. So it's important maybe to walk the farm and see where you're at. Like, But a lot of these paddocks that would be quite stemmy or quality mightn't be great, it's important to, I suppose, go in with a bit of mechanical treatment for them. So like your either option is to stop it for bales or else go in with the the more the topper and, and and I suppose to correct the quality and have it set up for the next for the next round. I suppose is the is the advice just to try and keep quality in front of the animals and maximise weight gains. Uh, on the educational side of things, um, the Ag College in in Clonakilty, they have an open day coming up. It's on the fifteenth. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that, Shane. Yeah, so look, it's, it's I suppose it's they're holding an open day on the 15th and it's 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 by appointment only like so it's important to book in and and, and arrange a time for yourself so just the contact number there is 023-8832-500 so that's 023-8832-500 so again it's by appointment only and it's it's a good chance to get to go down and see the, the very good facilities below and below in the college and see what they have to offer Shane McCarthy, Tagusk Advisor. Meanwhile, Jared Griffin teaches at Kildalton College in County Kilkenny, where they have open days on July the 9th and August 12th. We've got two remaining open days this year again, like you said, the 9th of July and the 12th of August. And so, unfortunately, we weren't able to have open days last year. And I think it's important uh, we've had to get people in and give them an opportunity to see the facilities, to talk face-to-face with some of the people in the college and 
get a feel for the place, see where it is. And um, there's two open days, but they are appointment only. So you have to book in advance due to the restrictions still in place around COVID. So in order to book a place on the open days, the tours are at 11 and 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. on each day. But it's essential to contact the college on 0516444400 in order to book a place on the uh, the open day. Do you think that going forward now you'd be able to offer as much hands-on there in college presence? Are you hoping that that's the way it'll roll out? Uh, I suppose it's going to take a while and it's unlikely that we'll be back to to the old normal in September. We certainly hope to have students on the ground in the college as much as possible because at the end of the day our courses and what we're all about is practical um, education and hands-on training and face-to-face and um, we made the best of the situation in the last term um, when students came back in as early as they could for practical training and they had their theory online. Um, We're hoping in September that we'll be able to do more uh, contact in person and uh, minimise as much as possible the need for for online. There will still be a blended uh, online element to it, I no doubt. Um, but depending on restrictions at the time, we're hoping that we'll be able to bring people back in. Gerard Griffin at Kildalton College in County Kilkenny. The three counties with the highest number of new tractor registrations for the month of May... 2021, where Cork leading with 23 units registered, followed by County Tipperary with 17 and Clare with 12. All counties across the country saw new tractors registered in May. Carlow figures show just two tractors being registered there in the month of May. Despite the impact of the virus, figures compiled by FTMTA, the Farm Tractor and Machinery Trade Association, revealed... There was an increase of 52% over May of the previous year, 2020. 130 in May 2020 compared to 197 in May 2021, an increase of 52% over previous May. A total overall of 1,449 new tractors have been registered so far this year up to the end of May, the latest figures available indicate. The banned 101 horsepower to 140 horsepower remains the most popular, with 98 out of the 197 registrations being in that range. This registration data was compiled by the Farm Tractor and Machinery Trade Association and published in the Machinery Supplement of the Irish Farmers Journal. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Farm Talk on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug, announced that approval had commenced for all qualified applications received under Tranche 21 of the TAMS scheme. Letters had been issuing to approved farmers. TAMS, the Targeted Agricultural Modernisation Scheme, continues, the Minister said, to be a highly successful and beneficial scheme. He was delighted to confirm approval of 100% of qualified applications submitted under Tranche 21. This was not something we've been able to do under previous tranches due to budgetary constraints, but approving all farmers this time round has been an important priority for him. It gives farmers great certainty in being able to carry out important upgrades to their farms. The department continues to pay on average 1.3 million euro per week on TAMS 2 investments, with just over 25 million euro now paid in total for completed investments in 2021. 
Payments of over €290 million have now issued in respect of over 20,700 approved applications for completed investments since the opening of TAMS 2 in 2015. Commenting again on the payments, Minister Conlow said he was pleased to see the department continue to pay an average of €1.3 million per week for completed TAMS 2 investments. With over 40,000 approvals issued since its launch, there are still a considerable number of outstanding approvals out there with farmers and he would urge these people now to please conclude the investment work and apply for the payment as soon as possible to facilitate the prompt issuing of payments. The current tranche of TAMS 2 closes on 23rd of July 2021. Further tranches in 2021 will open on 23rd of July and 5th of November 2021. The ever-increasing cost of materials has been a bone of contention with TAMS applicants. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Irish Flower Week runs from July 5th to 11th and Flower Farmers of Ireland are encouraging people to go online and join in the festivities. Flower Farmers of Ireland Group has almost 60 members across the country with quite a few in Cork. It's a full-time job for many like Ruth of Ruth Fortune Flowers in Glendore who joins me to talk about Irish Flower Week and how her interest in the sector began. I started growing flowers um, as a business in 2014 and I suppose it starts off in a small way. Um, You know, well, for me it started off quite small and you just try a few different varieties of flowers and I started selling at Skibreen Farmers Market in 2014 and I actually was one of the people who started off the Flower Farmers of Ireland basically because I wanted to reach out to other people like me who were working in this area just to kind of create a support network because I knew there was a few more dotted around the country and really it was just that it was just a group of people like getting advice from each other on growing and marketing because a lot of us are working on our own so you know just to have have other people to talk to about it so it's kind of um it's grown since then we've around 60 members now all over the country and mostly women but yeah and all sort of small businesses um and irish flower week started two or three years ago i think just as a kind of awareness raising um if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities maladies, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So we kind of have been watching what the British flower farmers have been doing. They're like probably about 10 years ahead of us. And they have a, a flower week in the summer. So it's just a chance to, for us to kind of celebrate Irish grown flowers, cut flowers and raise awareness. So people think a bit more about where their flowers come from, you know, when they when they go to buy them. Ruth, what kind of an infrastructure do you need then? You were explaining to me that you're down in Glendore and there's some farmland involved where you're set up. Is it like that for everyone? Or are there, I suppose, different setups as you'd go around the country to see what others are doing? Yeah, there are different setups. Like some people would have quite small areas of ground, um, urban settings and rural. You can get a lot out of the amount of ground you have. Like it's quite an intensive use of, of land. So like people have sometimes just allotment areas in cities. I have a corner of what was my father's dairy farm and two large polytunnels. Like it does help if you can have polytunnels to extend the season and just to help with the with the weather, you know, because it's, well, for me, the wind is a big issue. Um, rain is also an issue anywhere in the country. That helps. But yeah, there's a variety of ways people work. It depends also if you've got help. Like I do most of the work myself. And it's very labour intensive, so you kind of have to cut your cloth to suit, you know, your own resources. Now, the organisation tells me that you're competing big time, of course, with all the flowers that have to be imported here. So are we making any inroads into that? And are businesses becoming more viable at this end, cutting out the need then for the big imports from other European countries, say? I'd say it's kind of baby steps, really. It's it's early stages. Um, like, we're... We're a small organisation um, and we're just making a kind of a small inroads into the amount of flowers that are being imported. But there's great potential. A lot of it is about sort of creating a demand and an interest. And I think making people realise that you kind of have to pay, you have to pay enough money for the product as well. We won't be able to compete with the prices, you know, in the sort of discount supermarkets because it is a labour-intensive business. So it's kind of creating a sort of environment that more people like us can can grow flowers. Like, it has become a proper business for me, and it's a full-time um, full job, except maybe in January when you have a quiet, quiet month. But it is a viable business. But I think it's, it's about sort of making people realise as well that flowers don't come cheap, especially if they're done kind of in environmentally friendly ways. 
Irish Flower Week then is a, an opportunity to showcase all that you do. What kind of events will be taking place, Ruth? What's happening? Well, to be honest, this year and last year, a lot of it is online just because of, of COVID. So um, I'd encourage people to look at our website, which is flowerfarmersofireland.ie. And also we have a hashtag on social media, which is Irish Flower Week 2021. So, like, we have quite a few flower farmers in County Cork, like from uh, North, East and West Cork. And we'll be having giveaways online. So, you know, you enter social media competition and win a lovely bouquet of flowers. Um, So that's probably the best way to access what we're doing. And thanks to Ruth of Ruth Fortune Flowers. Irish Flower Week runs July 5th to 11th with Flower Farmers of Ireland encouraging people to go online and see what it's all about. Minister of State Joe O'Brien with responsibility at the Department of Rural Development was in Cork during the week. His itinerary included a visit to the James O'Keefe Institute in Newmarket for a catch-up on work at IRD Duhallow and he also visited Jimmy Cotter's signpost farm in Coachford. It was very interesting. Um, I was interested to visit it because it's a Chagas signpost farm. So these are farmers who volunteer as part of a Chagas programme with a view to uh, adapting more climate-friendly practices. Uh, so I was interested to see it because I'm, I'm from a farm myself, originally in Cork, and, you know, obviously I'm a Green Party TD and Minister and we want to see climate action, and I'm very interested in seeing how farmers are actually doing it already as well uh, and to kind of promote that message as well. So very practical things that are being done there that I can take back to my colleagues and, uh, you know, speak from first-hand experience about what's, what's happening on the ground and, and the efforts that farmers are actually making as well. Duhallow is is very busy schedule. Uh, IRD Duhallow, they're a very impressive local development company. They run a lot of programmes that are supported by my department, from CE schemes, two schemes, rural social scheme, the community services programme. A lot of impressive work that I'm, you know, really looking forward uh, to seeing and to actually meeting the people face to face who are doing the work on the ground and I suppose to thank them as well particularly for the last 15 months when uh, you know exceptional efforts were made by community groups across the country and particularly here in IRD Du Hallows area as well. Minister of State Joe O'Brien. 163 complaints were made to the Ombudsman last year in relation to the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. Main grievances around farming included redesignation of areas of natural constraints, gloss, the basic payment scheme and forestry grants and premium schemes. The increase seen in agricultural-related complaints is due in the main to the redesignation of areas of natural constraint. In 2019, EU regulations required all member states change their approach to designating townlands that are eligible for support under the ANC scheme. Many of the complaints were in relation to townlands that were not included in the scheme. An interesting tweet from Cork County Council this week. Did you know Cork has more farms than any other county? 14,201. And the highest numbers engaged in agriculture, forestry and fishing. If you like that data, you're going to love the new Cork Economic and Community Monitor. Full details available online at corkcoco.ie and follow the links. For our weekly update on MACRA events in Cork, here's Ashling Walsh. Last weekend, we and many MACRAs around the country made the long trip to Kilkenny for the national finals of the Puck Fada. Shandoon MACRA were represented by our chairperson Seamus Reid and Nakraha MACRA Piero Shelley Sheehan. Well done to Leash MACRA member Aideen Lowry, 
and to Avondu Macra member Liam Cronin, who won on the day. On a core county level, Sean Wallace and Elaine Houlihan continue with the 11 Peaks Challenge as they take to Loch Hine with Carberry Macra this Sunday. Sure to be a great walk. Make sure to donate to the Air Ambulance if you can. Any support is welcome. And we hope they manage to raise lots of money in aid of the cause. They also made it to Cork County this week as they took on Ballard Waterfall with Avondu Macra. During their walk in Mitchellstown, members carried rocks that represented the pride flag to the foot of the waterfall, where they placed them in the water for everyone to see who visits the area. They will join the final Cork region, Muskery Macra, on July the 7th, as they take on Clara Mountain. All regions are welcome to join along the way. Just have to sign up for them and fill in a COVID tracing form online. This week also saw our own Kinsale Macra have their AGM. We're hoping they'll be able to talk to you another week. But don't forget that we have six other clubs. Glanmire Macra, Nakaraha Macra, Ballincollig Macra, UCC Macra, Whitechurch Macra and Carrigaline Macra. Kinsale Macra members elected to their committee include the following. Their president will be Maureen Quinn. Anna Hannan will be their chairperson. Aileen O'Brien took on the role of secretary. Sheila Kelleher will be their treasurer. Selina O'Donovan will be their PRO. Jonathan Quinn will be their sports officer. And Colm O'Donovan took on the role of YFTG officer. Thank you to everyone who listened today. I'm Ashling. I hope you have a great weekend. Thanks indeed, Ashling, And thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. I'm Barry O'Mahady. Thank you for listening. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Calf Milk Replacer. Offering a wide range of calf milk replacers to suit your calf's needs. On C103. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.